0: Coming to you live from an always shanty north side apartment, it is the Sons of Honarchy Podcast. My humor never ends with your host, Drunk shy Sox fan.
1: And Hot Take Tommy. On this episode of the Sons of Honarchy Podcast, we have our one and only minor league extraordinaire aficionado and a blogger his name's dan victor that's at slidedano 070 on twitter follow him now if you don't already so we get into discussing spring training minor league developments and socks predictions for the 2020 season all of this and more presented to you by dbc
0: brand Well, first and foremost, Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being so patient. We said 8 o'clock call and you've stuck with us until eight thirty four your time. So thank you so much for being patient, hanging with us, the two technologically challenged (laughs) ones here on the other end.
2: Not a problem, guys. Not a problem.
0: All right. So, first and foremost, Dan, welcome back to the Sons of Honor Key podcast. It is your third time on the podcast. You should feel honored, I guess, or we should feel honored we should, more yeah, so. What do you mean? You should feel honored. He <laughs>
1: should feel honored. Oh, my uh, God. The honor is
0: all mine, gentlemen. Awesome. We, uh, hey, we really appreciate it. And I, we still got to hook you up with the Sons of Honor Key t shirt because we're going to be coming out with some new ones oh, in, yeah, we, oh, in a month did. or so. So. um so dan tell us how you doing what's new anything uh any new developments for you
2: no nothing's new i'm just waiting for baseball just like everybody else
0: absolutely we are with you a hundred percent on that one
1: i was so happy that they actually had the game on wgn today i could actually watch or not watch but listen to the whole thing i mean mercedes with a bomb today what else happened today Um, yeah well so
0: C's got shelled though yeah C's had a rough inning but you know all things considered Dan go ahead Dan
2: all things considered um I'm excited about what uh what baseball is going to be this year on the south side we're going to have fun for a change um it's been a couple of lean and dark years so
0: most definitely most definitely so, especially since Tommy just brought up Yerman Mercedes, I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on Yerman? Is, is he locked in now at the twenty-sixth man position, or or what are you thinking here?
2: He's a fun story. I mean, he's um he's always been a good hitter. He was a good hitter um with Delmarva in twenty sixteen when him and Sebi were both uh, playing on the South Atlantic League All Star team um when Yermin was with the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Um, defensively, he has his limitations. But uh, I've often said that if you could take these, uh, you could take these three White Sox catching prospects, Collins, Zavala, and Yermin, and roll them all up into one guy, you'd probably have a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah. What did uh, Yeah, what did you call him on Twitter? You're really famous for it. it's a human pass ball machine, right? Um. Yeah. He was. A, he was a
2: pass ball machine. He's got a lot of. Uh, a lot of issues uh receiving the baseball his arm's not bad though and uh and you see him hit he can he can definitely put a charge into a ball but all three of them have good power collins zavala and mercedes um collins has got the good approach and you know the, the patience in the eye and sebi's a great defender
0: yeah most definitely so um uh... Speaking of spring training, what are your major observations and takeaways so far from spring training this year?
2: Well, I was going to say something really great about Dylan C, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't walked anyone until today, and uh, yeah. then he then he walked his first three all in the same outing.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
2: hoping that we could uh, talk about how maybe that uh, skill set has improved, but. I guess, you know, he's got nine innings now in spring training and three walks, so um, we'll have to keep monitoring that and see how it goes, but, you know, with control, I think his success will be predicated on the ability to throw strikes consistently because the stuff, the curveball is dynamic, the fastball is dynamic, he's, you know, he's got a hell of an arm.
1: Yeah, and I just keep hearing how awesome he's going to be and everything like that, but then, like... I, I don't know, maybe I'm short sighted, maybe I'm not an, a scout, maybe all that stuff, but it's like I just keep getting told by everybody Dylan Cease is the real deal, but then he does this kind of stuff. And am I the meatball or is there should I be alarmed? You know what I mean? Uh he
2: might just be prone to give you uh he might give you bouts of madness because of the inconsistency. <laughs> right. Look! Look how long it took. Uh, it took Tyler Glasnow about three seasons before he finally broke through with Tampa Bay last year. You know, after uh, trying mm-hmm. Pittsburgh two years prior. It, it, pitchers, it just takes takes some time.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's interesting with Cease and with the control issues, Dan, and, and I kind of want to ask your opinion on this. I've I've read everything from he's he's an ace possibly in his career. To he's a back of the rotation or even a possible bullpen piece in the future. If you this this is you know kind of like your own hot take here, <laughs> but what what do you think your what do you think Dylan Cease is capable of? I think probably number two, number two starter role. Wow. And then you know if that fails, you could
2: probably uh, use him as a high leverage uh, late inning relief pitcher. Closer type.
1: So kind of like what I want Ronaldo Lopez to be? Is that is that kind of like the, <laughs> the comp that we have?
2: I wouldn't compare him to Ronaldo. I
1: think is gonna have a good year though.
2: But uh I I think uh Cease has got more potential than Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, well, I love I that Tommy so. <laughs> I love that Tommy brings up Ronaldo Lopez. And, and you said you, you're thinking he's gonna have a good year. Do you think do you think we're gonna see more of reynaldo lopez 2018 or do you think we're going to see even better reynaldo lopez moving forward
2: that's a good question i'm not sure what we're going to see i know that he's going to be better than last year in my opinion um he started to come on after the all-star break for a minute and then the wheels fell off again um but he's another one. He throws he throws really hard, and I, I I'm kind of a radar gun junkie. I like guys that throw hard more than guys that are soft tossers and pitch to contact. Um, but Ronaldo was a highly uh, highly regarded rookie with an uh, prospect with the Nationals organization. And like I said, it takes pitchers time. You just never know when they're going to finally break through. But I just have a strong feeling that Ronaldo put in the work in the off season and he's going to come back strong, especially with uh With this offense, I think it takes a lot of – the pitchers aren't going to have to be perfect because you're going to be able to give up some runs and still win ballgames, whereas last year, you know, you didn't have that ability.
0: For sure. I love that you bring that up. And I also love that you bring up the fact that it's it's really hard to tell what a pitcher is going to be at age 25 or 26 because they're still so young and they're still – in that development stage so it's a really good point
2: yeah um i think it was bill james that used to say now mind you some of bill james's theories are antiquated now but he used to say that you really couldn't judge a pitcher until he had five hundred, five hundred 500 innings and then you had a
0: better idea of what he truly was interesting hey old wisdom is still
1: wisdom right like <laughs> don't <laughs> knock it too much i guess Now, we'd be remiss not to ask you, you know, we're talking all about all of our major leaguer guys or guys who have touched the majors. We'd be crazy not to ask you about the minor league since you are our minor league correspondent, as it were. Um, So who are you most excited to watch on each level? You got AAA, you've got uh, AA, single A stuff that you're watching. And who do you think has got the outside chance of making the top 100?
2: Um. Outside chance to make the top 100, I would think that if, it all depends what Micah can do after his uh, all of his injuries.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. If Mike
2: If Micah can come back strong, play a full season, and uh, continue where he left off in high A in 2018, he could be a top 100 guy because he's got – He's impressive. He's got the body of Adonis. He got power to burn. He's got a throwing arm like no tomorrow. Um, just a question of staying on the field, and then uh, he's going to slay some of the uh, swing and miss in his game as well. But but he's uber talented. It's just a problem staying on the field.
1: So I feel like this is breaking news for me. Like it's it's pronounced Miker, not Micker.
2: I've always. Called him Miker. He never yeah. he never <laughs> rolled his
1: eyes at me. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, he would have been rolling his eyes at me. So I will check myself next time around.
2: <laughs> and then, uh, Jonathan Stever is the other one.
0: Mm, most mm-hmm. definitely.
2: I mean, he came on really strong after he was promoted from Kanapolis to Winston last year. He found some extra velo after, uh, working out, um, in Winston, and, uh, I mean, the velo took off. All he did was straighten up. He cleaned up his mechanics in his release, and he was all of a sudden sitting 95 and 96 and touching 98. And wow. he throws nothing but strikes. The guy just pounds the zone, unlike almost anybody in the minor leagues. He was throwing almost 70% strikes, which would put him – in Verlander and uh, Scherzer category, toward uh, you know top top percentile in the major leagues.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now I love that you're bringing these guys up. So first and foremost, I read that article that you wrote on Stever. Excellent article, by the way, Dan. Really appreciated reading that. Now, here's the thing. If you've got a Jonathan Stever contact for us, I mean, if you, these oh are our God. guys right here. I met, so Tommy wasn't there, but I met him at SoxFest, and I uh, he was signing with Tyler Johnson, uh-huh. who you helped get on the sons of honarchy for us so we very much appreciate that but i uh i had him uh sign off on a sons of honarchy koozie that we made and uh, i was like hey like tyler was on our podcast like we'd love to have you on so hey if you've got uh if you got that contact for us dan <laughs> um i could certainly reach out to him he's kind of low-key he doesn't really like
2: all the attention but uh but he might be down i, right. I don't know
1: all right well maybe we're perfect for him then because he won't get any more attention
0: from talking it's <laughs> true we're, we're not a popular publication by any means dan
1: <laughs> yeah that's god you embarrass me so much today. i know well
0: tommy tommy asked about guys who are on the uh, on the cusp for you of possibly you know being a top hunter prospect or really having a breakout season um Your guy, Luis Gonzalez, okay? I know he's been in the White Sox top 10 prospects or, like, you know, kind of hovering around that 10, 15 area for a long time now. Um, Are we still going to be expecting kind of a breakout year from him? Because I feel like 2018 was really strong for him, and then 2019 we ran into some— we it, it wasn't a terrible year for him by any means, but it was definitely a, a roller coaster year. Like a slow start, and then he really started to pick it up. If I'm not mistaken,
2: um, Birmingham's kind of my blind spot because we have, mm. you know, I I have uh, I have Winston Salem here, I have Kannapolis here, and I have Charlotte here. Now Birmingham is like you know, a six to eight hour drive. I don't know. I've never right. gone, so I lose track of them for that year when they're in Birmingham. So all I could do was just watch the box scores like everybody else when it came to uh to that, uh, you know, that team. But, um, he started slow and he did, he did pick it up and toward the end of the season and is, uh, you know, that's a tough place to hit. The Southern league is very penal for hitters and mm-hmm. stats are very offensive stats. are very deflated. Pitching stats are probably better than, than typical. And, um, it's yeah, it's, it's a rough place to, for those guys to hit. So I wouldn't hold too much against him. His K rate actually went down in Double A. And remember, when you get to Double A, that's when you're playing against the cream of the crop prospects because that's where you know that's where prospects go to die or thrive. And his uh, his K rate went down, and I still have a really positive feeling about him. If he gets to Charlotte, you know they're playing pinball at Charlotte because it's the <laughs> Charlotte Knights play, and the, that's the course field of uh, of the international, league. the international league is now the uh it's like the pacific coast league except for it's on the east coast um so i think that if he gets there which i don't see why he wouldn't i think he's going to have a monster year there's a kid uh, named jake jake cronenworth that played for the tampa bay devil rays um got traded to the padres in the offseason and he went just absolutely bonkers when he got to uh a triple a last year in the international league and i could see Louis just shocking the hell out of people
0: by putting up monster numbers in charlotte hey something we would love to see
1: yeah and i also i love that you compare you know charlotte to the coors field of the international league that's perfect like information for everybody listening because it's like every time Nikki Delmonico goes down there. <laughs> he just pounds the ball. And like granted, guaranteed rate is a hitter's park, so it's like it's almost like good practice coming up for the Sox, but at the same time it's like no doubt like I be, I almost want to say like Nikki would be like have worse stats in AA than in AAA. Am that I crazy? A, that might be a stretch, but
0: <laughs> that's
1: a- I
2: don't think that's crazy
0: interesting hey i got dan on my side i don't i don't need steve <laughs> yeah. well i mean a lot of times you see those like career triple a guys you yeah know, and in on that level so um keeping it in the minor league Dan. um one name that's popped out on twitter and through articles that i've been reading is and i could be pronouncing it totally incorrectly but it's cody hoyer or hewer um i know nothing about this guy um can you elaborate on him possibly what, um, I mean, the numbers look pretty solid so far. I mean, at least before when I wrote this up a couple of days ago, the numbers were really solid in, in spring training. So um, do you have any information on him for us?
2: His numbers were solid, and uh, the organization must think very highly of him because he skipped entirely over Low A went to uh, Winston, did well there, and then went to the Southern League and got the double A in his first full season. Right. And, I, and think his ERA and double A was below two. I think it was in the one nine something range. Um and uh Sean Williams did a nice article on him the other day for future socks. So uh take a look at that one if you have time. Um said that he's really praised for his work ethic, his makeup, and then either Merkin, I think it was Scott Merkin. Uh, tweeted out that the other day he was touching 98 99 during his outing in spring training. So uh a lot to be excited about there.
0: Absolutely. I definitely a shot in the dark name for me cuz I'll be honest, I don't think I had heard of him up until spring training this year. So it's good to see that the organization, organization thinks highly of him and, you know, hopefully he stays healthy and, you know, is a possible Piece moving forward and, and continues to prove himself on the double and triple a level. Yeah. We so, got a lot of
2: really, really good, interesting bullpen pieces. You know, we got, we still have Tyler Johnson, um, yeah. Ian Hamilton. Um, of course, Zach birdie. Yeah. Right. Wilkin Cannon, the local kid from, uh, mm-hmm. from home. And he looked really good in his spring trading outing. Know, I saw, uh, was it last week where, um, he pitched a scoreless inning, struck out two, but his stuff is the stuff looks nasty. And he's got a he's got a big heavy ninety-six mile an hour uh sinker, he gets tons of ground balls. He's a he's a tough dude. For sure.
1: So Steve. What's up, Tom? Do you have a project or idea that you want to be seen by as many people as
0: possible? Yeah, I think we both do.
1: Maybe. Do you provide a service but go underappreciated when you put yourself out there on social media? Absolutely. (laughs) Good. Do you want sleek and impeccable presentation but lack the know-how or resources? Wow, impeccable presentation would be really nice for Sons of Honarchy. It would
0: be. We do lack that from time to time. (laughs) And you know who could hook us up? DBC Brand. With your choice of three tiers of social media marketing plans, you get access to professional social media content curation, email marketing, blog posting, live video and photography sessions, and more. Holy shit. (laughs) Find out more by (laughs) visiting dbcbrand.com and give your business the creative touch and, and the spotlight it deserves. DBC Digital by Creatives. Well, Tom, should we transition a little bit more to Major League side of things? Yeah, I mean, this is the first time we're going to be
1: talking to Dan and we actually want to talk about the Major Leagues, right? That is honestly
0: (laughs) the truth. This is
1: a good thing. This is a good thing to have. Um, So, uh, I guess our first thing is... this Moncada extension is pretty much breaking news. It's a big this news point, right? right now for the White Sox. So, are you happy to see all of these extensions for young players? Is it become? It's definitely becoming a trend around the league, right? So, what is your feeling? Since you see a lot of these young guys coming up, do you think they should be taking these or waiting for the free agency and seeing what happens?
2: I guess it's entirely up to them. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw people bad mouthing Luis Robert's extension, acting like the Sox were holding a gun to his head, you know, um, I th- think I tweeted pretty extensively about it. But, you know, obviously you can't compare eras. But his salary, where it stands right now, if the White Sox were to uh, to pay out his contract to the end, including the option, it would put him, like, in the top 125 guys in the history of Major League earnings. Now, mind you, there's going to be mm-hmm. guys on contract next year, the, you know the year following that are going to pass him up but I mean without ever swinging a bat in the major leagues they're going to pay him that kind of money and people were acting like it was uh you know like he was building iPhones in Malaysia or something
0: um mm. <laughs> so Dan a quick follow-up question with that so what is it with the White Sox then with offering guys like Eloy and Luis as we say Robert Robert on this uh on this podcast um uh, but those two guys getting offered these, these massive extensions before they take um, a major league at bat, but somebody like M- Nick Madrigal not receiving one. What do you possibly think are the thoughts behind that one?
2: I think with Madrigal, they want to make sure that, uh, you know, his his exit velos have always been on the low end. Mm. Uh, I think they want to see him hit the ball harder. I don't think it's going to be an issue for him because I was – pointing out um i was tweeting about this several months ago but uh you know d gordon d oh, gordon yep. D. Gordon won a batting title with extremely low exit velocities and, and good speed and he doesn't have nearly the bat to ball skills that nick has correct you know, nick nick has the insanely low k rate he can put the bat on everything um it could just be an issue of uh if they want to make sure that that skill set is going to translate into the major leagues, you know, before they, before they would, I don't think he's the kind of guy that they're going to offer a pretty, uh, an extension prior to him playing in the major leagues and seeing what, what he can do. I, I have great faith in him to be really good though. um, Because uh, the last guy in the, or in the minor leagues with his kind of elite ball skills that I can think of that was in the ballpark and it's still, not quite on next level was a uh, a studio for um for the twins you know and uh, mm-hmm. yep. that, that guy's grossly overweight and <laughs> he he doesn't have magical speed and with his bat to ball skills you know he hit about 280 and I'm yeah. pretty confident with magical skill with his speed with his bat to ball that he is going to be able to uh succeed and, and hit 300 without
1: yeah. a problem. Yeah, okay. and I think, like, that Babip like, there's somebody on Arizona, that's a sidetrack, but, like, with the fact that he's going to have, you know, all that speed and he's going to be making contact and, and putting balls in play, that'll help him a lot in terms of he can beat out a lot of tough plays in the infield, probably, and that is going to contribute to him versus, like, this guy who's, like, you know, any old chunker with a, with a good bat to ball speed uh bat to ball skill he's going to be able to beat those out i like that
0: i like that now um so you're telling me that we need to get tommy off the cliff here in regard to nick madrigal not being that good right Dan?
2: <laughs> yes i think that madrigal is going to be fine i think we're going to have a uh a annual threat to hit 300 plus i think that he should probably win a batting title at some point in time before it's all over and he's wow. gonna play great great defense as well
1: for sure now for the record Speaking, of okay, the millionth ahead. time i never said that Madrigal's is gonna be bad i never said oh this i just don't
0: think he's as good as everyone's trying let's to say let's just he also mention dan that this guy sitting next to me also <laughs> said that nick madrigal is a finished product but we're not even going to entertain that thought <laughs> Uh, But speaking of batting titles, I love that Tommy transitioned into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's a question for you, Dan. Speaking of BABIP or bat-to-ball skills or, or batting title champs, should we be concerned about... So, T.A. and Moncada, they both led the league with crazy numbers in BABIP last year. I don't know if you put as much weight into Babip as I do. I know Tommy for sure doesn't. It's a dumb step. <laughs> but should we be concerned about their their production this upcoming year?
2: I would be more concerned about TA than I would be about Moncada. Um Mankata, he murders the ball. He hits it extremely hard. Plus he's extremely fast. Plus he can take walks. Um you know, he's a little bit more uh, scrutinizing with his pitch selection, you know, that's the problem with TA is that he makes a lot of contact, but he swings it at everything.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Everything. (laughs) Everything.
2: I think that Moncada will be able to sustain a consistently high Babbitt. Like, I don't think it would be a stretch for him to be a three forty, three fifty 43 Babbitt guy year after year. You know, I don't know about a crazy outlier where he goes almost 400 or 400 like he did last year. Right. But, um, I mean, but I keep reading all this stuff about Ta and how hell bent he is on wanting to be the best and how hard he is working toward being the best. And I, I wouldn't have expected what he did last year, and he surprised me by winning the batting title. So I won't, I won't, uh, I won't bet against him. But if I was going to pick a regression candidate, I would pick uh, Ta over Moncada. Um,
0: Fair. Well, let's hope if the bat regresses that the glove does not regress as well because I don't know if it could get any more atrocious.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was talking to you Steve about hoping against hope that there's no polka effect on him where he goes in the off season working on his glove and comes back and forgets how to hit. So, we'll see. We'll see with TA. I mean, I'm still all aboard the TA bandwagon in terms of how excited I am to see him play, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough if he progresses.
2: He's fun, that's for sure. He's fun and um, he's a catalyst for this team. He, I just i right. read so many great things about what how hard he's working to, on his glove, and he really seems hell bent on being the best.
0: Yeah, most definitely. So, Dan, I do have to ask, this has been the big discussion, especially since sports betting just opened up in Chicago it's or legal. in Illinois. It's legal. As of today. Um, so the over-under on the White Sox, I believe, is 84.5 is the, is the Vegas odd.
1: Something like that.
0: Um, if, you, if the number is 84.5, Dan, do you take the White Sox having over that and wins or under that and wins? And you can be 100% honest.
2: 100% over
0: Woo! I love to hear that. Explain what you're thinking, though.
2: I had them locked in at 86 wins, and I've had that number in my mind for for some time. But they could also they could blow that out of the water too. They could they could win 92 games um, easily. I think uh, it's it's. I think it's going to come down because this lineup is going to score like crazy.
0: For sure. Yeah, the offensive production is there, Dan, but. Let me be honest, as a, I guess Tommy would say that I'm a pessimistic White Sox fan. Yeah, you
1: are, because 99 wins are bust, Yeah, that's
0: true, that's (laughs) Tommy's motto is 99 wins are bust, but um, let me, with the pitching especially, Dan, I know they went out and got Keiko, and I know that they went out and got uh, Gio Gonzalez, uh, and we're hoping that Reynaldo Lopez is going to have a better year, and we're hoping Gio is going to be just as good. Is this team really 20 wins better than they were last year? In your opinion, you're saying they could possibly get to ninety-two, so that's twenty wins better.
2: Yes, because we have a, a confident Mancata coming into the season—not the guy who hit, you know, struck out two hundred times the year before, and we didn't know what we were what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a confident Mancata. We have a confident Tim Anderson, ready to prove the world that he's not a fluke. You got Eloy, who uh, blew up in the second half and did what I expected him to do all year. You have Luis Robert in that lineup now. You got Mazzara in the lineup instead of the black hole that was right field last year.
0: Oh my gosh, atrocious! Yeah, and
2: and I mean, you know, we don't need a um, we don't need a career season from McCann because he's going to be the the backup catcher. But you know, you have one of the best catchers in baseball. This lineup is just absolutely loaded. And then when Madrigal gets there, whether it's uh, out of spring training or whether it's um, at some point, you know, early in the season, the lineup has absolutely no holes offensively. And, uh, you know, Michael Kopek is a secret weapon waiting to be unleashed on the league again. Absolutely. And, uh, Cease is going to get better. I just, I feel really confident. I think the one weak spot is the, the bullpen.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Elaborate on that more because I think that's actually the point where the White Sox are actually going to be stronger this year like their bats in the bullpen but go ahead
2: i'm just not in love with the bullpen i don't i don't think our closer is you know really that great
0: yeah
1: i love i <laughs> <laughs> i I'm, I'm not
2: i'm not a big fan of closers in general i feel like it's a manufactured role you know it's it's a product hey. of uh, of usage more than anything else i like the oakland A's philosophy of building someone up in that role than sending them elsewhere to upgrade. Mm-hmm. They, I think I saw something the other day. They had six closers, six different closes in the past six seasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a revolving door,
2: but um, I, I think bullpen help is on the way with all the guys that I was talking about earlier. You know, Tyler Johnson, Ian Hamilton, Zach Burdy, um, Wilkin Cannon further down the road and, and Cody but um, I think right now that would be the spot that I would want to upgrade if I was a GM.
0: Interesting. That's a really interesting point to me, especially since they were probably the solid point of last year's team. If if you're going to take everything into perspective, I mean, especially with the the emergence of Aaron Bummer. Right, Bummer um, being a stud out and, of nowhere. And let me ask you, Dan, real quick, as somebody that definitely looks into more advanced statistics than me. Um what are your thoughts on Aaron Bummer? I mean, I know he got a lot of ground balls last year and that's definitely depending on your fielding and and positioning, but uh the strikeout numbers were there too.
2: Now he's he's solid, and that's the reason they uh they spent the money on him and they extended him to the highest was it the highest contract ever awarded to a non-closer prior was it pre-arbitration? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. I mean, there were a lot of stipulations on that highest ever number, but I think that's what it was—the highest ever to a non-closer prior to arbitration eligibility or something along those lines. But obviously, they—they they have faith in him; otherwise, they wouldn't have spent that money.
0: Yeah, no, I, I
2: do like Cordero
0: as well. But you're still thinking it's a—it's a, a the weakest point of this team.
2: That and you know overall bench strength. But um, but that, that lineup is just going to be so much fun to watch. They're going to score 10 runs with frequency.
0: Absolutely. I am so pumped to see winning baseball back on the south side, just in general. <laughs> a lot of fireworks. A lot of fireworks. True. And
1: uh, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about, um, well, we haven't talked about, who your pick for the 26th man is yet. Um, so there's a lot of talk about your mean. There's a lot of talk about Nikki. There's a lot of talk about uh, Zach Collins. Zach Collins I coming out. It's kind of out the window at this point. And what, what are you, what, who's your guy? Is it Luis Gonzalez? <laughs> and <laughs> okay. uh, and why? And why?
2: Uh, no, i love Luis Gonzalez, but I would – he's got to go back to the minors and uh, and get seasoned up a little bit more before he's ready to go. But I, I do have great faith in his ability For to sure. one day be, be a contributor. Um, I don't know who I would take as my 26th man. Uh, Steve Stone was advocating a catcher in that spot. But like I said, both of our, our catchers that we're talking about have defensive uh, shortcomings.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, Zach Collins, you know, in 2018 he put together an unbelievably hot streak in Double A Birmingham. He it was, uh I believe it was 33 games. He hit 348 with a 1090 OPS. Now, if you look at that season though, he hit 234 for the season in 122 games. So that 348, I mean, that 33 games was pretty much all he did all season. And everybody you know thought at one point in time that he had found the the magic elixir and healed uh, what had ailed him and then last year he did the same thing in charlotte he went on a twenty nine game tear when he um left the majors and went back down to charlotte he went on a twenty nine game tear where he hit three ninety two with a twelve fifty o p s including ten home runs during those twenty nine games right so the rest of the rest of the season he hit um he hit two twenty four so uh, I I don't know. Obviously he's capable of putting together these these streaks um mm-hmm. but I I really don't know what uh what he's going to be. Um Mercedes is the fun the fun story, you know. Right. It's like a little po- little pokemon, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry that killed me. That's awesome.
2: But I mean, he he's got that, that big that big leg kick and stride. And what's funny is you know even with that the way he does that he does not he's not a guy who swings and misses a ton. He's always had a, a pretty reasonable strikeout rate in the minors. So, uh, but you know it's fun to watch him take that that full swing and never get cheated and then hit one to the moon like he's been doing in spring training. So, and, and he's older, he's 27. I'd like to I'd like to see him play.
0: Yeah, I think it's time to give him a shot up at the major league level. I mean, I has he even touched the major? I don't think he's ever touched no. a major league field after looking at his stats. Yeah. So this is the time.
1: Which so. is the thing about it, too, is like if we don't give him a shot after what he's been doing, somebody is going to want to. Right. Like, am I crazy for saying that?
0: No, no. I mean, there's definitely other teams. I would say like the old. The Detroit take Detroit, <laughs> Detroit <laughs> Baltimore, <laughs> Kansas City. Yeah, they'd all love that guy.
1: Uh, well, we got him from we got him from Baltimore. That is true. That is true. Classic Baltimore. Baby, Making come room back. For- <laughs> <laughs> Making room for Adley Rushman. Um, now, I we didn't ask you this ahead of time or anything like that, so I'll be totally fine if you just say. I don't know what you mean but I find that you're a lot smarter of a baseball mind than I am and <laughs> I want to know why why do we have Chesler Cuthbert is that like what's the plan with him he's been around so long and honestly in the AL central for a lot of that time too true like why do we have him is he just like are we just giving him a paychecks out of like respect for a veteran or what do you what do you think
2: if this would have been 2019 or 2018, it would have fit perfectly. It would have made all the sense in the world because those are the kind of guys we have recycled. In.
1: Yep, True.
2: But I, I'm i kind of in the same, same school of thought that you are in on him.
1: Yeah, it's just like, I don't know what he's going to do. Honestly, if he ends up being the 26th man, I'm going to be pissed because it's like, why we know who he is at the major league level, right? And what's the po- we're not giving anybody a chance here to explode and like what he is on the major league level is not that helpful. So, I mean, you don't. I I don't know. I'm I guess I'm going on a tangent now, but it's like I I fear I fear a White Sox being a White Sox kind of a move and just having him on the roster instead of somebody that excites the fan base or that would be worth giving a shot to. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's my tangent for the day. But it's it scares me when I see him hit two bombs uh, two days ago or whatever it was, and, yeah. it's, and then you got um, Jerry at home watching it on the TV saying, like, oh, that's our guy. Like, <laughs> nah. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like to see, uh, you know, Collins, Zavala, your main, be the 26th guy.
0: For sure. For sure. And I, I think that's exactly where this team is going to end up landing. Yeah. So, Well, Tom, any last thoughts for Dan? Well, I just am glad
1: this is uh, off the cuff here, but I'm just glad that you keep bringing up Zavala because, you know, I know you're a sub-believer and absolutely. We, we are as well, or I am as well. I'm with you. I'm absolutely yeah, with you. I mean, if he's not making an impact for us some, at some point along the lines, he's going to be making an impact somewhere else. So, um, oh, you know what I just realized? Just I wanted realized, to tell. ask you this, Dan. Um, How do you feel about steel Walker having li- left the yeah, organization. Absolutely. I remember you, and you, you tweeted just tweeted out. out
0: yesterday too, about Nomar Mazzara possibly being the real deal here. So I want to hear your thoughts on that trade too.
2: I I like
0: Nomar a lot. Um,
2: he was a huge uh, international free agent signing for Texas when they got him. They, he was their, their highest paid uh, IFA ever. I think it was $5 million uh, signing bonus. He was, you know, he was their Luis Robert back in, I think it was 2011 or 2012. Right. And he, he went to the major leagues. He hit 20 homers every year. I think he was one short. I think he hit 19 one season. But, um, you know, he came up as a 20 year old. He's very talented. He can hit. Um, hopefully he can, uh, hit same sided matches, uh, matchups, um, and prove that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, with this lineup, he's going to be, uh, not asked to do as much. And I think that'll take some pressure off of him. And I think he's going to thrive. Now, I hate seeing Steele Walker leave because he's a unbelievably great person, great personality and good ball player. Um, mm. And uh, I think, I think everybody's going to benefit from this trade because uh, Texas wanted him with their second round pick the year we took them the year we took him. They would have taken him if he would have fallen to them. And, uh, so they got their guy and, uh, we got a major league part that is ready to go now, you know, and, uh, Steele's probably, uh, ETA in the major league is probably, you know, next year late at the earliest. So I think, uh, it'll be good for all parties. Plus he's playing, uh, he should be playing his double A games in Frisco, which is about eight miles from his home in Prosper, Texas. So he's going to be in front of his friends and yeah. family. So it'll, it'll be great for it, for
0: him. For sure. Yeah, it seems like a win-win deal all around at at the moment and mm-hmm. you know, Steel Walker gets to be close to home and play for a team in his home state too. Yeah. So
1: well, it's it's just really fun hearing um, your side of things Dan when you're when you're able to speak to the actual character of the gents that are in the in the organization. So um, I love that you're you're able to say yeah, Steel Walker was tough to see go not just cuz he's good at baseball but because he's a good guy and then also the comment about your mercedes being a pokemon fantastic absolutely
0: fantastic <laughs> so <laughs> champagne chugging pokemon baby, <laughs> let's go
1: yes and um well hey I, that's do you have any final questions for our guy
0: i no final questions but dan thank you first and foremost for waiting over a half an hour to get getting for us to get our shit together. And then, (laughs) um, and then being on the phone with us for over 40 minutes, we're really grateful that you spend this time with us. You give us educated baseball insight when, you know, sometimes we are not the two most educated people and we need it in the White Sox podcast (laughs) world. Um, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. Seriously.
2: We owe you a t-shirt. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I love talking to you guys. And, uh, Next time we talk, uh, we'll have some minor league games in the books, and uh, we'll be talking about a winning, winning major league team, and uh, I'll be able to tell you who's killing it down here in Carolina.
0: Most definitely, oh, and yeah. I'm I'm planning on taking a Carolina trip actually in June to catch some Winston-Salem and Kannapolis games, at least one each. So we'll uh, we'll be in touch about that. All right, brother. Hit me up uh, when you're down here. Sounds good, Dan. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Appreciate You too. It. Take care. Bye. Rebuilder, boss. And in Han, we trust. Have a good one, everybody.